Welcome to the Gratitude Without Guilt podcast, part of a series of podcasts under the Gratitude in the Workplace channel. My name is Dr. Deborah Stewart, and I'm an organizational psychologist who researches the essential components of positive workplace cultures and individual wellness. These podcasts also support the Gratitude Workplace courses for leaders offered through my online courses and CEU offerings. You may contact me at pictureyourselfstronger at yahoo.com for more information about courses to improve workplace culture and individual wellness. It is essential to view these podcasts as a starting point or suggestion for building an individual or workplace practice of optimism and gratitude, and the podcast should never be used as a substitute for professional counseling or direct medical advice from a doctor or other qualified clinician. When receiving therapy and guidance from your healthcare practitioner, it's important to inform them of the details of your practice of gratitude. Gratitude must be practiced at your individual comfort level while being situationally aware of the intentions and agendas of others. The research and review for the podcast, Gratitude Without Guilt, is a starting point for understanding how to avoid shame and guilt in your practice of gratitude. The Gratitude in the Workplace channel, podcasts, and courses are suggested approaches to implementing optimism and gratitude in the workplace. However, an assessment is recommended to be conducted by the leadership of each workplace environment to discuss and discover unmet needs among the employee population before trying to implement a practice of gratitude in the workplace or educational setting. Gratitude in organizations is a low-cost, no-cost program to increase social connectedness and the reciprocity needed in the workplace or educational setting. The American Psychological Association defines gratitude as a sense of happiness or thankfulness in response to a fortunate happenstance or a tangible gift. Gratitude begins with recognizing the goodness in one's life and realizing the source of that goodness. Guilt is described by the American Psychological Association as characterized by painful appraisal of having done or thought something that is wrong and often by readiness to take action designed to undo or mitigate this wrong. It is distinct from shame in which there is the additional strong fear of one's deeds being publicly exposed to judgment or ridicule. Often we are faced with charity appeals that request funding and support through challenging our ability to empathize and feel guilty by comparing our lifestyle and safety to those in difficult plights, scenarios, and situations. Basil, Ridgway, and Basil stated that the concept of both guilt and empathy have been examined by researchers in the context of prosocial behavior, and the academic literature suggests that guilt is often related to empathetic concern. Social media and charities are often the source of financial requests to help others, such as crowdfunding, requests for donations, and fundraising for charity. The plea is often about comparing personal wealth, comfort, and access to the plight of others, which triggers reflective gratitude with a need to resolve the presented justice issues and difficulty of poverty. Basil found that self-efficacy was also found to be important in determining guilt. The fact that self-efficacy has both a direct and immediate effect on donation intention suggests that self-efficacy oper- operates both directly by increasing one's donation intention and indirectly by increasing one's anticipated guilt in the prospect of failing to help. Self-efficacy is defined, the American, defined by the American Psychological Association as a belief in one's 
capabilities to organize and execute the course of actions required to produce and to create uh, the greatest attainment. When we view gratitude as a chore or an answer to resolve indebtedness, we may inadvertently allow shame and guilt into our practice of gratitude. Gratitude can be life-giving, satisfying to the soul, and bring peace to our hearts in quiet times. However, when we feel indebtedness or think of gratitude as a chore or a should event for ourselves and others, we damage the potential of our practice of gratitude. It will take a mindful practice of gratitude, reflection, and resources to avoid these gratitude traps. In the podcast, Gratitude in Difficult Times, we reviewed the literature review concerning the gratitude traps within the practice of, of gratitude. In this pod- podcast, we will explore the literature review concerning indebtedness, social connectedness, and the effects of guilt and shame involved with social media platforms, crowdfunding, fundraising for charity, and other causes that pull at your financial resources and heartstrings. Financial fears and anxiety are common when indebtedness occurs. Whether the feeling of indebtedness is part of the reciprocity of gratitude or the need to help others in an attitude or response to an abundance in one's life. It's a good practice to reflect and take an inventory of giving or tithing or paying taxes for the needy poor nations of foreign aid to gain better appreciation concerning one's personal altruism. According to Martyr, it may be challenging to find a healthy balance between caring for ourselves and helping others. Martyr offers these potential guidelines. For example, when to say yes. Say yes when you feel 100% clear about giving money to this person or agency. You trust that they will use it for the reasons given and and you're comfortable with never receiving it back. Or you could say yes with clear boundaries. Say, I'm, I'm willing to give or loan you X amount of money at Y percent interest until Z date. And I expect payments of A until you have paid me back in full. Or, or number two is when to compromise on the request. Compromise when you are clear about wanting to help, but you don't trust they'll use the money for the reason you've they've requested. You realize, probably, you realize you probably will never get that money back and you're comfortable with that. So how to compromise? You could say, I'm sorry, I'm not able to help you as requested, but I can give you a loan in the amount of X amount with Y interest until Z date, and I expect payments of A until you have paid me back in full. And say no when you're not 100% comfortable about giving that, um, the money to, the, uh, to a person or, or an agency that you don't fully trust or you don't fully understand how they will use the money as requested. And how to say no? Um, Some possible suggestions. As much as I would love to help, I'm sorry this isn't possible at this time. Um, I'm sorry no, or I am unable, but here are some resources you can look into. So Rainers and Bala stated that reluctant altruism and peer pressure and charitable giving often occur because fundraisers know that social pressure affects pro-social behavior. Although peer pressure is effective in generating donations, charities might want to consider the long-term effects of using peer pressure strategies. These researchers found that donors who give more due to peer pressure are less happy about their donation. In addition, it is possible that a donor who rationalizes his donation decision as instrumental in avoiding shame will not 
uh, attribute his giving of behavior to caring about the cause. Uh, both of these phenomena make future donations less likely. Therefore, it's essential to investigate the charity or fundraiser to determine if the administration practices of the appeal align with personal values and your present uh, life mission statement. Reciprocity is a social expectation of a returning mutual beneficial exchange in society that are beneficial to both parties. According to Bloom and Bloom, the rule of reciprocity refers to the universal tendency in human beings to feel compared to reciprocate when given a gift. Moreover, Bloom and Bloom stated that the rule of reciprocity is so strongly ingrained in people that they can be vulnerable to having this tendency used against them. And it's important to learn to distinguish acts of true generosity from, from actions designed to act, activate uh, uh, a type of giving that is uh, by obligation. There are many reasons why the recipro reciprocity and acts of gratitude of positive thoughts are challenging to generate, such as one's experiencing unmet needs or interruptions in the dimensions of wellness which are the physical, social, emotional, intellectual, nutritional, occupational, spiritual, and env environmental dimensions of wellness. According to uh, McLeod, Maslow's hierarchy of needs is a psychological motivational theory comprised of a five-tier model of human needs, often depicting a hierarchical level within a pyramid. From the bottom of the hierarchy upwards, the needs are psychological and physiological, food and clothing, safety, love and belonging, as it moves up the hierarchy, moving into friendship and self-esteem, and then finally self-actualization. The main focus of the theory was that the lower basic needs of life must be met before a person can focus on higher needs, such as love, belonging, friendship, esteem, and self-actualization. For many reasons, expressing and practicing gratitude for personal well-being may be difficult to maintain. Sometimes gratitude can be difficult in certain challenging situations or conditions and emotional states, and when experiencing unmet needs. Practicing gratitude may also be difficult during illness, hardship, or loss. Sometimes people are reluctant to show gratitude for fear of indebtedness and sense of obligation beyond their emotional bandwidth or available resources. In toxic work environments or relationships, gratitude may be weaponized and individual emotions minimized or based on shame and perceived as not being authentic. These situations may maintain harmful exchange, be negatively comparative, and be misused. And also in certain cultures and businesses, gratitude is seen as a weakness and counterintuitive during negotiation. It's important to assess the negative aspects of certain situations as part of a growth mindset, while being careful not to deny emotions or emotional processing of potentially damaging interactions and situations. A practice of gratitude is a popular approach to positive psychology and may be ritualistic if one is not careful. For example, within the rhythm of gratitude, one seeks to find the good in each, each day and the source of that good. However, it's essential to recognize the typical negative aspects of each day for personal growth and development. In other words, a practice of gratitude does not mean we ignore our feelings and emotions, especially if they're not based on positive thoughts, gratitude, or servant leadership. Negative situations and thoughts are part of human existence. Therefore, it's essential to acknowledge and evaluate the significance of each encounter and its importance in your life. Being situationally aware will help you to continue the practice of gratitude while protecting your best interest, values, and self-worth. Gregory stated it's important to feel your feelings, and when experiencing a loss, 
Try not to hinder your emotions, but grieve according to your needs and timeline. In Gregory's research, it was found that unprocessed or delayed emotional processing can cause trauma, complicated grief, and various mental health disorders. In addition, gratitude is not about comparing ourselves to others, but instead, it's about recognizing personal resources, gifts, and talents, and appreciating the benefits. Understanding the indebtedness nature of gratitude, which some may call the dark side of gratitude, does not mean that we forego a sincere practice of gratitude for our own health and well-being. However, it does mean that we practice gratitude in safe environments where unmet needs are met and within a healthy mental mindset without guilt or shame, so that the expectations are less stressful and with better health outcomes. Our environment may be chaotic and stressful. However, within a situation where practice of gratitude, we can still enjoy moments of gratitude. Ben stated that you can have both a strong sense of gratitude along with feelings of sadness, confusion, or anxiety. Thank you for listening to the podcast Gratitude Without Guilt, which is part of the Gratitude in the Workplace channel. Be sure to check out the podcast uh, Gratitude in Difficult Times and 100 Ways to Promote and Express Gratitude, and Gratitude May Reduce Anxiety. As always, feel free to contact me about your gratitude thoughts and ideas for future podcasts. Thank you very much. This is Dr. Stewart at Picture Yourself Stronger at Yahoo.com. Thank you.